Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Happy Monday here in the studios at Radio St. George 100.3. And welcome to your live episode of The Extraordinary Talk Show. Today, I want to talk to you about one of my absolute, absolute favorite things in the world. And I think that this is probably one of your favorite things in the world, even if you don't realize it or recognize it. I want to talk about love. Love, they say, makes the world go round. And I believe love is what makes the world up. Love, we know, is the highest vibration. And it's something that we are all searching for. It's something that we all want. There's music's. Music has so much love in it. There's so many love songs. Songs about love, songs about missing love, songs about wanting love. There's movies that are the same. That's why we call them rom-coms is because they're romantic comedies. They're funny shows about romantic love. Here's the thing, though. We tend to, at least in our society, narrow our idea of love down to romanticism. But love is so much more than romanticism. When you think of saying, I love you to someone, the first person that probably comes into your mind is a romantic partner. Wife, husband, spouse, or imaginary, if you don't have one, but you're hoping to. And in that case, keep on imagining it. That's how one way you make it happen. When I think about all of the people that I say love to, for example, my son, that's a certain kind of love. I say I love you to my dog, don't you? But the way I love my son and the way I love my dog are very different, even though I'm a caregiver to both. I say I love you to my mother and to my father, who, by the way, it's his birthday. So happy 77th birthday to Chuck Hugo, the most amazing father that I could have ever imagined having, and I'm incredibly grateful for him. One reason I'm incredibly grateful for him is because he told me that he loved me. I grew up in a home where I knew I was loved. I grew up in a home where I saw love happen. I saw my parents love each other in a romantic way and in a partnership supportive way. I saw my parents love me and my siblings, and I watched them encourage us to love each other, which we did. I am very much the person I am because of the amount of love that has been in my life. Now, if you are thinking, okay, well, what about me? I didn't have that. You might not have had the same experiences, but that doesn't mean you don't have love in your life. You cannot be separate from love. You cannot turn it off. You might imagine that you're separated from it, but it's always there. Again, different types of love. Do you remember in the New Testament, in the Bible, when Jesus asked Peter three times, lovest thou me? Was he asking for confirmation? Did he not believe him the first two times? He had to hear it the third time? No. That's not how Jesus works. That's not how God works either. In fact, if you ask God for something one time, that's all you ever need to ask because he's heard your message the first time. He's, you're not going to wear him down by asking more and more. After that, you just be grateful that he is making things happen for you. Back to Peter and Jesus. He didn't ask him to confirm it. He was asking him in three different ways. The problem with English 
is that as many words as we have, and there's more words in the English language than almost any other language on earth, but yet we only have one word for love. Other languages have multiple words for love because the way I love my son, my dog, my mother, a stranger, a friend, or even one of my patients is all going to be a different type of love. And you can't necessarily create a class of love such as romantic love or parental love or animal owner love. You can kind of create those classes. However, within those classes, there's variations of love because I love my dog differently than you love your dog. And that's wonderful. That's how it's supposed to be. One thing I want to remind you is to remember that other people may experience love differently than how you do. For example, and here's something you may not know because it's something I didn't really think about and wasn't aware of until not too long ago. This week, February 21st to 27th of 21, is actually Aromantic Awareness Week. Aromantics are people who do not feel romantic love and attraction. There are some people who are asexual where they have no sexual desire. This is another facet where people who perhaps do or maybe don't have sexual desire, however, they do not feel romantic love. And it doesn't mean that anything's wrong with them. It just means that they see things differently and in in some ways don't get caught up in the confusion that can often come along with romantic love. You more than likely know someone who is aromantic. It's oftentimes that people who are aromantic don't understand that they're aromantic and they just think something's wrong with them because they can't ever fall in love. They meet people who are wonderful people who maybe fall in love with them, and then they cannot reciprocate the romantic loving feelings. That doesn't mean that they can't love. It's almost like someone who is blind but has greater sense of hearing and touch. I think that people who are aromantic have a greater sense of the other types of love, of deeper love, of commitment love. And certainly people who are aromantic very often still opt to be in long-term committed relationships because even they they don't have a romantic type of love for that relationship, they still have a dedication, a devotion, an absolute appreciation for who their partner or that person is in their lives and to them. It just feels a little bit different and often can be very confusing or frustrating for the partner in that relationship who loves the aromantic person and feels that that love is never fully requited. It's important if you figure out that you're aromantic or that someone else in your life is, recognize that that's how they love and that's okay. Just like how people have different love languages, people love differently. Sometimes we get upset because we want people to love us the way that we love them or we have this idea in our minds of how we think they should love us. And as we've talked about many times, when you have an idea of how things should be, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. One of the best things you can do is release attachment to outcomes in order to be happy. Because if you have this idea of how you expect someone else to treat you, chances are they are never going to fully fulfill that and you will always be disappointed. And is that fair for them? What if you're the opposite person in this? What if you are trying to love someone You do love them and you're trying to give them love, but the love that you're giving doesn't seem to be 
the love that they want and they're loving you back in maybe different ways too. It can be incredibly frustrating. And if you're able to communicate and acknowledge we have different ways of loving each other, but we still love each other, that's not only okay, that's wonderful. I mentioned that one way you can, or one type of person you might find love for is complete strangers. And that might seem strange to some people. How can you love someone you don't know? But I'm pretty sure that very often in our world, we are encouraged or at the very least given permission to hate people that we don't know. Why in the world is that okay if it's not okay to love people you don't know? Because as I said, you are never, ever separate from love. And the act of hating is an act of depressing the love that is within you. And covering it up with logical ideas that in your mind make sense about why that person doesn't deserve your love. What we seem to not understand is those logical reasons that we're telling ourselves are ridiculous in the whole scheme of things. Every single person, every animal, every blade of grass on this earth is worthy of love. And every single one of those things is also worthy of giving love. Now you might lay on the grass and love the feeling of loving on the grass. Do you realize that the grass loves you back? Do you realize how happy it makes the grass for you to be laying on it and appreciating it? You are full, helping that blade of grass fulfill its purpose. And that's love. That might seem different and that might seem odd for you, but think about it that way. And again, as I always say, I I'm not trying to tell you what to think. I'm trying to get you to think for yourself. When I say these things to you, I do not expect you to believe me just because I say it. When I say these things, listen inside yourself. Listen to your heart chakra. Ask your higher self if these things are real in your life and if they apply to you. When I say these things, listen to yourself and you will know if it's something that matters to you if it's true for you and if it's not I think you'll know that too so when I say you are never ever separate from love feel that inside you are always connected to love if you're alone by yourself in the middle of the desert hundreds of miles away from another human that does not mean that you're separate from love because isn't there somebody possibly on the other side of the world that still has love for you? Even if you don't know about it, it's absolutely possible. Haven't you ever loved someone who you couldn't see, who was far away, who was distant to you and you didn't get to see them very often? Love exists no matter the distance. They've done tests where they take two matching molecules and they split them apart miles away, 20 miles away. And they tickle one, and the other one laughs. If we can do that with molecules, it might help you understand how you can love someone over here, and they can feel it over here. There is no distance in love. You can love someone who is no longer alive. There is no distance in love. 
fact, when I talk about it, I get kind of excited. So the question is, how do you allow more love into your life? The point is it's already there. You need to stop depressing it. You need to set aside perhaps the logical reasons why you hate and instead find bigger, better reasons, logical, energetic, emotional, whatever you have. Find these reasons to find love, to look for love, to open your eyes to it. And here's a secret. There is one person that you can practice loving all the time, anywhere, any place. And the more you practice loving this person, the better you will be at loving others. Do you know who it is? You should be guessing by now. Love yourself. Many people want to be in relationships. They want to have love in their lives. They want loving relationships, and yet they don't love themselves. The world works according to attraction. Like attracts like. If you are disgusted with yourself, you are going to have other people in your life who are also disgusted with themselves. If you are unable to give love to others because you're unable to accept it, even from yourself, you're going to have other people in your life who are unable to give you love and are unable to receive the love that you're trying to give them. The way to solve this is to learn to love yourself. And one of the first things you want to do is stop listening to all of those logical, and I say logical because your brain thinks that they're correct, but they're not always correct. Stop listening to all of those logical reasons why you think that you're not valuable. They're crap. They're BS. Just because you've been telling yourself that story doesn't mean it's true. You are love. Please. Do whatever it takes to learn to love yourself. And if you don't already, or if you do already, learn to love yourself more. There is an interesting mirror because the, it's very interesting that the more you learn to love others, the more you learn to love yourself. But you must learn to love yourself in order to learn to love others. One study showed that serving someone increased the bond and the feeling between the two people. What's interesting about that is the person who was being served, their appreciation for the person who was serving them went up. But the person who performed the service, their appreciation for the person who they were serving went up even higher. By loving others, by serving others, you learn to love them. Turn that around, maybe do something to serve yourself. Maybe that means stop and get yourself an ice cream cone on the way home. Maybe it means feed the kids hot dogs for dinner so you can have an extra long bath time. Find ways to love yourself. And you can love yourself in many different ways, just like you can love other people in different ways. You can love yourself for your intelligence. You can love yourself for your sense of humor. Even if you don't think that you're tall and you want to be, you can recognize that you're funny. We all have so many things about us that we can love. And if you want to be able to love others, and if you want others to be able to love you, 
You must pave the path by actively loving yourself. How else does this come back to you? I want to tell you a little story about a problem that I had. This was a good, probably 15 years ago. I had moved to Virginia and I had to drive for my work. And I needed to get a Virginia driver's license. However, I had lost my Utah driver's license. So I was not able to go in there and just swap out a Utah for Virginia. And I went in and I went to the DMV. I spoke to the lady at the counter and she told me, sorry, we can't do anything to help you. You are going to have to apply for a Virginia driver's license from the beginning, which means you'll have to get a learner's permit, take the written test, get the learner's permit, and then come back in three to four weeks and take the test to get a driver's license. I needed to drive for work. I didn't know how I was possibly going to go three to four weeks at my job not being able to, to drive. And at the DMV, you sit and wait a while. So they sat and had, they had me sit and wait while they ran, took care of other people. And as I sat there, I did an important thing and I released my attachment to the outcome. I recognized at this point that it was out of my hands. There was nothing else I could do. I was simply going to have to explain to my supervisor at work that I would not be able to drive. And I figured we could probably make that okay because I had other people that I worked with who could do the driving. I was not always the only person who had to do the driving. So I figured we could probably find a way around it. And what else was I going to do? One way or another, it was going to work out. And then I let go of that. And I started looking around me at the DMV. And think about the last time you were at the DMV. How many people there were happy? Maybe the 16-year-old kid who passed his test and got his license, he's going to be happy. His mom might not be. I looked around this DMV and I saw a lot of faces and very few were smiling. And so I set an intention for them and I set a prayer in my heart and in my mind for all of the people around me at the DMV, for these people who work at the DMV, who have to deal with frustrated and cranky customers all day long, every day, for all of these customers where it's so easy to get frustrated and cranky. And I just sent love to all these people. Sometimes I imagine that like a Care Bear stare coming out from my chest, like a beam of light that I'm pushing at them. And sometimes I just put my smile on top of their smile on their face in my mind. And it's surprising the effect that that has. So I sat and waited and actively, silently loved the people around me. I got called up back to the desk and I was speaking to a new person this time. I had to explain the situation to her and she said, is there any chance that you remember your Utah driver's license number? And because I'd had that driver's license for quite a while, I did know it off the top of my head. I was able to spiel it right off to her. She punched it in. It popped up and she said, congratulations. Here it is. I'll print out your Virginia driver's license. Give me five minutes. And I walked out of the DMV that day with my Virginia driver's license. I did not have to talk to my boss and tell her I couldn't drive for work. I was able to 
fulfill my job the way I was supposed to. I believe that there are two reasons that that changed for me. How it went from the first person telling me, sorry, no luck, you're going to need a permit, and you're not going to get your license for a month, to the other side where the person said, no problem, here's your license, here you go. The, what I did in between that was, as I said, I released attachment to the outcome. And second, I filled myself with love that I shared with the people around me. I raised the vibration within me, certainly. And as I looked around the room and I saw the corners of mouths start to perk up, I could see that I had made a difference for other people too. I challenge you to try this. Maybe next time you're in line at the grocery store and the cashier or the customer ahead of you, you can tell they're having a rough day. While you're standing waiting, silently. And it's so easy to release attachment to outcome to that because doesn't even affect you, right? You're going to be out of this line in five minutes and never have to think about it again. But stop silently while you're waiting. Send love to that person. Say a prayer for them. Do an imaginary Care Bear stare of light bursting from your chest to them and see what happens. It costs you nothing and the rewards are nothing short of miraculous. To me, it was a miracle that I got my driver's license that day. Now I'm back in Utah, and I have my same driver's license number here that I used to. Here's where I want to go next with this. Not only is love inside you, not only are you never able to separate from love. It is my belief, and I challenge you to test this in your own heart to see how you feel. It is my belief that God is the power of love. However else you see him, as a man, as the universe, as the combined consciousness of all living things, regardless, he is, he might be all of those things, any of those things, but he is love. All that is, is love. You cannot be separate from love and you cannot be separate from God. God is in everything that makes up the world. God is in the blades of grass. God is in the wind that blows on your face. God is in every cell that makes up your body. In that sense, and listen to your heart as I say this, God is within you. You are never separate from God because you are bits of God. Vishen Lakiani calls it a godical. You are a godical. You are a particle of God. God created you out of love, and he created you out of himself. You cannot be separate from God. You cannot be separate from love. I hope that as you come to understand that, it will help you open the curtains to the love that is within you, that is within your life. I hope it will help you see how much love you can give to the world, to the people around you, to the people that you hold close and to the people that you pass on the street. The more you do this, 
the more your own vibration and the vibration of your life will rise. The more forgiveness you will find for others and for yourself. And let me tell you something. Forgive yourself first and it gets really easy to forgive the others. Doctors never, well, if, you, if they're being honest, never admit to knowing everything. They went to medical school for years. They spent years, years, thousands of hours practicing what they do, but that's what it is. It's a practice. There's never a medical perfect. No doctor has a medical perfect. Doctors have a medical practice. The same thing is true in yoga. No one has a yoga perfect. The best yogis in the world don't have a yoga perfect. Every single one of them has a yoga practice. Please adopt a love practice. Practice loving everything and everyone around you, especially you. I'm Della and that's your Extraordinary Talk Show. I love you guys. Thank you for joining me.